This is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. I'm your host, Charlie McDermott. Welcome to episode number 107 of the Good Neighbor Podcast. And today we have John Carney. And John is from Carney Construction. John, welcome to the Good Neighbor Podcast. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Good, good. Appreciate you taking time uh, today to share all the wonderful things Corny Construction is doing for the community. And uh, so let's start there, John. Share with us uh, what it is you guys are doing. All right, well, what we do here at Carney Quality Construction is obviously the name speaks for itself. Uh, we build homes. Um, we started approximately 20 years ago, actually in the foreclosure business. I'd buy foreclosures, renovate them, and resell them. And uh, in the last four or five years, I decided to get into new construction because obviously the foreclosure business, there's obviously a lot less foreclosures nowadays and uh, new construction obviously is, is, is the new thing. So we've been building homes now approximately five years. Cool. Cool. And what's your favorite kind of home to build? Do you have a favorite? My favorite, honestly, I like to build, uh, I just had customers in here an hour ago. I'm, I'm one of those creative type of guys. Uh -huh. uh, I have visions that uh, I uh, I could just I can build I can design so I'm 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 more of a custom guy. Obviously, yeah. we have a lot of floor plans here we offer, but I like to build custom. So my favorite type of stuff is when I have a customer come in and sit with me and say, "Hey, John, let's just get creative and let's customize this because I don't want it to look like anybody else's house. I want my own house that looks my own way and so forth." So those, like I would say, are are, are my favorite to build. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, and obviously it helps when a customer says, and I don't mind, uh, you know, my budget. If, if they have a little bit more budget to work with, makes it a little bit easier, a little funner for everybody here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Awesome. So how did you get into the building business? All right, well, that's a funny story. So uh, back in uh, 2005, I was busy doing my foreclosures, um, swamped, and I wanted to build a new house. So I went out just like everybody does, and I wanted to find a builder in town to build my home. Uh, I'm very finicky, very OCD, so I thought, let me find the best builder I can. So I, after searching all builders, I ran into a builder who just, their, their house is with a wow factor. I mean, you walk, you're like, wow. So I decided, yeah, this is the guy I want to build with. I met with him and so forth, and uh, he hit me with the wow price tag. <laughs> so I went under contract in 2005. My house finished in 2007 to oh, build my house. Two my years. House, yeah. When my house finished, I had my final meeting with the gentleman and I said to him, let me explain something to you real quick. You just forced me to get into the building business. <laughs> oh, God. Said, what do you mean? What do you mean? And I said, well, I am going to build homes so customers understand what it's like to get quality to follow a schedule and to give perfection and and, and and so forth so that is what got me into the building business because going through the process myself i it was a nightmare mm. and i mm. said you know there's no way people are spending it's the biggest purchase they'll make in their life they're spending all their hard-earned money they should be treated like royalty Carpet rolled, I call it the red carpet treatment, and um, their home should be perfect. So right. that is what actually got me into the building business. So I waited for the market to 
you know, us to come, come out of that recession a little bit, which, you know, approximately 2013, let's say, was the first home I built. And then I started from there. Yeah. The construction side of it. Wow. Wow. So ballpark range, what does it take time-wise to build a, a new home? Well, uh, it is, and I tell customers all the time, it's 200 and 210 days from the footer. Okay, so that's when the footer's dug in the ground. Construction is 210. To get it from the day you sign the contract to the day of footer, it could be seven weeks. It could be 12 weeks, depending on how many times a customer changes their mind. Mm. And, you know, the architect draws the plans as to their specifications, but if they change their mind, every single time they change their mind, we got to go back to the architect. Mm. So. Really, it could be seven weeks, could be up to 12. I had some customers where it took five months just yeah. because they changed their mind so many times. Yep. So, yep. Um, but the whole process, in all honesty, should take seven months to build from the footer till the CO and another two, three months maximum to get it through your permitting, get it through your architectural design, engineering, and so forth. Yeah. Heck of a lot less than two years. Oh, yes. So, God, God, just. I'm not good in math, but. Yeah, two years. <laughs> You got two years because you got it. If nobody's on the job site running the job site, and it, everything just spirals, spirals out of control. Yeah, yeah, wow. So, can you tell us, John, uh, what kind of myths do you hear in your industry that you can dispel? Well, the the, the biggest one that you always hear and everybody hears, I, I, it's funny, is how stressful building a home is. That's one of the biggest things now. Um, Personally, again, if you go back to what I just said, if you're rolling out the red carpet carpet treatment and you're communicating with your customer on a daily basis. And we here have a software program where our customer, it's updated on a weekly basis with photos of their home, photos of the construction process as it's going, a calendar showing them exactly what's going to happen next and so forth. So to me, I think in, in some cases, maybe some builders make it stressful. Mm. But if you hear it, Carney, it's not a stressful situation. Mm -hmm. Unless, of course, you'll run into those customers sometimes that just like to live in the world of stress and they may put it on themselves. So, you know, going to get it, like I, I lead it to an example, uh, example, go to get an implant put in. Is that a stressful situation getting an implant put in? For some people it is, for some people it's not. Right, right. You know, I, 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 had, I had four implants put in one time and I was to the gym that night training. Nice. I, have a, I have a friend who's getting one implant implant put in and he just cancels the appointment for the third time. Oh, geez. So it's like, you yeah. know, people's, there's every day there's stress. Some people every day life is just, it's, it's, it's easy. So yeah. that's yeah. a big myth. I think people just freak out about how stressful it is. And then of course the next thing they, they, they freak out about is the cost. Mm. It's so expensive to build a home. But, um, I, I, I disagree with that. I mean, uh, it's, 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 it's as expensive as you want it to be. Yeah. You walk in with a budget and stay in your budget. Um, it just comes down to, do you want a $20,000 light, light fixture in your bathroom or do you want a thousand dollar light fixture? <laughs> so there's really the biggest two things. I think that when most people walk in the door, they're worried about the most. Yeah. Yeah. And I would imagine it's the finishes that really drive up the price and so you've got the ability to 
yeah, to really go all out or kind of reel it back in if you want to save a few bucks, right? Yeah, yeah. you could walk into somebody's kitchen. You can put all of, a whole appliance package in somebody's house, including washer and dryer, for $3,500. Or yeah. you can turn around and spend $100,000. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. You yeah. know, appliance package with a different name, and it may be a better brand. But like I say to people all the time, do you want to build a Kia or do you want to build a Mercedes? Mm. Mm-hmm. price points right yep yep good good point mm. so what are you doing for fun what are you doing when you're not working well uh my newest hobby is which started uh in, within the last two years is actually fishing so i used to always say man um, i don't i don't understand how guys get into this fishing thing i always throw a line out there and wait for a fish to hit it uh-huh. um, I, i'm too hyper I need to be doing things. So my uh, my hobbies consist of golfing every weekend and fishing every weekend. Wow. Wow. That, yeah, that sounds like um, the opposite of what a hyper guy would be doing. So that's uh, how do you manage that? Well, golfing, in my mind, and I play sports my whole life, I think golfing is the hardest sport for uh, the normal, everyday, average guy to, 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 to conquer. Yeah. You might get so many moving parts. Yeah. Uh, and you, you can hit that sweet shot and then you turn around the next shot and you're hacking it off to the left or something. So you're always constantly trying to refine that golf game, which is a major challenge. So for someone like me, I like that challenge. Uh, the fishing thing, I'm not one of those type of guys that just likes to throw a, you know, uh, fresh bait out in some water with a bobber and wait for a fish to hit it. Mm-hmm. I'm more of those artificial guys, that, you know, fish the lure out there so you're constantly moving and so forth so that is uh that i picked that hobby up within the last two years and now i find myself you know fishing once a once a week you know maybe down in the everglades or something wow pretty pretty stuff your your best fish story what is it well about a month ago (laughs) and this is God's honest truth. I have the pictures and photos to prove it. Both <laughs> guys fished their whole life, and I, and I, you may have heard this. They fished their whole life to, to hope to catch a tarpon, or a oh tarpon. So about two months ago, um, first time ever tarpon fishing, I caught a six foot seven inch, hundred and eighty five pound tarpon. Oh, wow! And turned around. After 45 minutes of fighting that tarpon, getting my photos with it, everything turned around the next cast and caught a 125 pound tarpon. So, um, yeah. And I, and I show people the photos and everything. They're like, dude, you don't realize how hard that is to do that. Wow. And, um, it was just one of those things. I, I I guess you consider it luck. Yeah. But it was intense. It was fun. I saw pictures of that thing dancing on the water as we videos as we were doing it. But uh, mm. so you can see how you can, yeah, pretty pumped up to want to yeah. to want to do that. Yeah, fun. very cool, very cool. How about a hardship that comes to mind, John? Something that you've experienced in life, personal business that you've been able to get to the other side and look back and say, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm better because of it." What comes to mind? Oh, geez, I have many of them. But <laughs> I, I, you know, I'll, I'll tell you one, and, and I tell people this all the time. In this country we live in, 
it's it's a great place uh, to become an entrepreneur or to or become successful here. Um, and a perfect example of my case is uh, I've had really two careers in my life. Uh, my fir first career started as a bag boy at public supermarkets. <laughs> and um, I started there bagging at 15. And I think when I was about 19, I realized I'm going to make a career out of this because I'm not going to college. So I'll make a career in the grocery business. So um, I became a store manager, worked my way up the ranks, became a store manager at 26 and decided when I was 28 that um, I didn't want to be restrained by these four walls and mm -hmm. and retire from this company 35 years later with maybe a watch and a steak dinner. So um, I quit. I quit, gave my notice and quit. And uh, the hardship is I went from being on top of the world in the grocery business to being 30 years old delivering paper routes so I could pay my mortgage. Right, right. So basically I went from making okay money to being broke. Okay. And and not having enough money to actually buy a pizza. Okay. <laughs> Scrounging through the ashtray in the car to come up with enough money to pay the pizza guy. Um that's a reality check in itself. And um I, I had the passion at Publix to become very successful. That was my goal. But then when you go broke, you realize that it's not a place you want to be. Yeah. And um, when I started this business approximately 22 years ago, um, what I'm in is the hunger and the passion was there to be successful. And I went from just an, an average, ordinary, everyday guy to at one point we were doing 354 closures a year here. So that's buying them, renovating them, and reselling them. Wow. So uh, that's like flip this house on steroids. Yeah, I can't even imagine. So we, uh, we've, we've come a long, long way to now where I'm in the part of my life now where I'm you know, more like I want to kind of enjoy life now. I want to golf on the weekends. I want to mm -hmm. fish. I want to goof off a little bit. But, um, oh, no, there's been – yeah, I, I guess to answer your question is uh, – Going, being successful, and then going to the bottom. Having it and then not, and it yeah. really makes you appreciate what you're going through now, you know. And and uh, that's uh, you know the message for those, especially in a time like this with COVID. I mean, we we talk and work with dozens of business owners a day, and you know, there's a broad range of some businesses that are busier than ever been, and others that are trying to you know keep their doors open. Yeah, and um, you know, it's it's the good news, I think, for everyone, because, you know, as you know, you know, entrepreneurs are a totally different breed. You know, I think we're missing a gene or something, you know, <laughs> and, uh, fortunately. And and we know somehow we may not know how, but we know we're going to get through this. We're going to get to the other side and we're going to really appreciate what we have at that point. Not that we don't currently, but, you know, it. In some ways, as you found out, that that's very positive. Once you work your way through it, you can you can use that to build, you know, continue to grow on. Right, and I can tell you, in my case, when I left Publix, I had many job offers, many, mm -hmm. but they were all in the retail business. Okay, be it Frito Lay, Pepsi Cola, Walmart, Home Depot, but I didn't want to do that. 
I wanted to blaze a new trail. I didn't know what the trail was going to be. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. Took time to find that out. But it's not like I just walked into that. Um, something I, I tell everybody all the time, you're going to meet two or three people in your lifetime that could change your life. Mm. You just have to realize when you meet them that they're the ones that could change it and maybe grab a hold of that opportunity. Yeah. Be open to it. Yeah. You got to be open. You got to yeah. take a risk. You got to take a risk and don't think in that two year period where I was trying to find what I was going to do. I didn't take other risks. I did. They weren't the right thing. When you find what you want to do, your passion mm. gets you through it. And it doesn't matter if you work 20 hours a day, 15, 15 hours a day, seven days a week, you will love your job and be fired up by your job. Yeah. If that makes sense. And, and if, if that's the case, I think anybody can conquer in this world today. That's my opinion. Um, so, we all just got to want it. And I say to people all the time, you, you eat what you kill. So an entrepreneur must go hunt every single day, right? He has got to come back with the prey that he just killed so he can feed his family. Yeah. And yeah. That's the way I look at things. Yeah. And, and I think what a lot of people don't understand with entrepreneur is that, you know, it's not about taking from anyone. I mean, eating what you kill is not about, taking from others or or being dishonest it really is about spreading success you know when you're successful guess what your company is successful you hire more people those people get to pay for college tuitions for their kids and on and on and on and that's you know success is unlimited there, there's not a you know a, a pot of it and once it's right once it's all gone oh well right you know, it's funny. Something you just said there gave me a little bit of goosebumps. But um, I'm going to tell you, any business owner, and I'm going to say any, but uh, being a business owner, one of the people say, what is one of the best things that you've ever done or, or one of the proudest things you've ever done? I'm going to tell you, as a business owner, is when you change other people's lives for the better. Yeah. Okay? So what I mean by that is, I love it when people here make an extra sale or extra couple sales or hit their bonus program um, or are out able to go buy a new car or able to go do this or go, you know, that's the best feeling in the world is if you can take, we all get the opportunity. It's just like I said, take advantage of the opportunity. But at the same time, someone gave me an opportunity. Well, you need to share that. Yeah with everybody else and see if we can make a difference in other people's lives. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. So that to me is a great little feeling. Great, great message. Love it. Love it. So John, if you could share one thing with our listeners, you wish people knew about your company, what would that be? Uh, one thing is that it does not matter if you're building a 1000 square foot home or a 10,000 square foot home. I will not build you a home that I personally wouldn't live in myself. So, you take so in other words if that that house has got to be acceptable to me and mm -hmm. i'm very ocd <laughs> every customer is treated the same again 1000 square foot or 10,000. i'm still going to treat you like royalty and, and our whole staff is yeah so what i'm trying to say is everybody's important to us yeah well, awesome I, I certainly get that feeling and your passion and uh 
I think anyone, any, any of our listeners looking to build a new home would be very, very fortunate to have it done by you. So, uh, John, speaking of our listeners, where should we send them? They want to learn more. Uh, our address is over here in Cape Coral, which is um, 1715 Cape Coral Parkway West, suite number 20, Cape Coral, Florida, 33914. Awesome. Awesome. Well, it's been an absolute delight. I really appreciate the message that you shared and learning more about your company. Well, I appreciate it greatly and I enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to the Good Neighbor Podcast. To nominate your favorite local business to be featured on the show, go to goodneighborpodcast.com. That's goodneighborpodcast.com. Or call us at 239-224-4105.